Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, time to get real. You ready, baby? Let's get real. Time to get real. So what, what do we mean by getting real? We're in this world where there are a lot of shades of gray. We talked about how we don't have objective measures. There aren't objective measures for health, objective measures for how you conduct yourself, objective measures for success and failure. And of course, different people might have different views or routes that they want to take. But once you have an objective in mind, there should be some metric to say, I'm either progressing towards this or I'm not. And Somehow our culture has become distorted and we've ended up in a world where everything is okay. So it's okay if you're not succeeding, it's okay if you're not winning, it's okay if you're out of shape. Just love yourself and accept yourself. Now what's interesting is we talked about a second ago, some of the biggest proponents of this actually don't even believe it. So this is where the topic came up, let's get real. Because we're told that we should accept everything, we shouldn't be judgmental, we should carry ourselves around with pride even if we achieve nothing. But even the people who are putting forth this view don't believe it. So we take a look at Lizzo, who's this big pop culture icon. Lizzo is a phenomenally talented musician. She's a flautist, she's a pop singer, extremely talented. My wife loves her, but she's enormous. She's dysfunctional as a healthy human being, probably weighs 400 pounds. And she's got this big girl movement and a big girl tour. And she went on tour and she got all these dancers. And she got all these dancers who looked like her, who were overweight. And my understanding, and maybe Caitlin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding was you want to put a bunch of people out there and say, look, it's okay to be big. Just love who you are. Big girls can be cool. They can be fun. They can do everything that anyone else can do. So fine. That's all well and good. But we find out recently that Lizzo didn't even believe this, that while she was talking about body positivity and accepting herself, she was shaming the people on her tour for being too fat. And it's like, what, what the hell is that? Your entire reputation is built around acceptance, of acceptance of who you are, acceptance of your weight, this idea that it doesn't matter how much you weigh, you can be healthy, and there isn't a correlation between weight and physical health, which we know from physics doesn't make any sense, but that was the movement. And it turns out that behind the scenes, she was pouring cold water on this entire theory. She didn't buy into it. And that gets us to this topic of let's be real or let's get real, because just because you say something doesn't make it true. Just because we put these views forth, even for the people who really want to believe it, like I really want to own myself, I really want to believe that I'm doing great, I think there's a part of us that recognizes reality. And there are certain laws that we just can't escape. And it's around physical health, it's around mental health. You know, I see this dynamic in dealing with different people. It's like, oh, I'm stressed out all the time and I'm not taking care of myself the way that I want to and I'm feeling rage because of all the, the stress that I go through on a daily basis. But it's okay because everyone else is doing it. So it becomes this relative standard. You know, it's okay that I'm seeing a therapist three times a week and spending thousands of dollars but never making any progress because this is what everyone else is doing. And I think there's a part of all of us that recognizes that's just not true. And 
we are almost terrified of stopping that wheel, that perpetual motion, that constant repetition of this mantra, because in the stillness of our mind, in the quiet of our heart, we know what's true. Or at least even if we don't know what's absolutely true, we've got a sense that things are kind of fucked up. Like this path we're going down is wrong. So maybe today uh, we can speak, Z, to all of the people out there who feel like something is off, you know, who maybe have been going with the flow, but feel like something isn't working, either something in a relationship or something in the way that you conduct yourself, the way you present yourself to society, your health, uh, what you've achieved in your career, your life, you know, this idea that, yeah, it's okay, I don't really need to achieve anything, I just need to be a good person, but you get to the end of your life and you're like, oh, I've missed out on everything, and I've accomplished nothing, and I don't feel good about myself. So let's get back for that audience to some sense of what is real, what is tangible. Help us do that, Z. Help us think through how we get back to real weights and measures uh, for what's actually going on. Yeah, Vin. When, when, when we talk like that, and, and for all of us opt-outs, we, we want to develop a, a language that is um, valid for our philosophy. When I say weights and measures, that represents that that is tangible, that that is the foundation of the construct of our known universe, weights and measures. And we live in a world now that is so outside of that. As I was sharing with you earlier, I was walking through the mall with another parent. Uh, my little guy was in a martial arts class, and there's a couple, one of the parents I had met uh, when he first started. And he came to me and was talking about health. He wanted to get in shape. So I told him, just simply do a high polyphenol diet and a 16-8 diet. So every time I come to class, every week I see him, he's lost more weight. And it looks like his age is reversing, right? He said, Z, you know, I just want every time he says, I'm going to thank you. This has been so easy. It's been so hard and it's been so easy. It's been hard because I'm aware of my behavior. It's been easy because I get results. The results come over and over. He said, now I'm going through a period of time where I'm having issues with my wife and family because they're all grossly obese. And he says, the more I do this, the better I feel, but also the more pained I am in my observation of behavior. And I can see that I was like that, and I'm ashamed of the way I behaved. What do you think about shame? And I said, you should be ashamed of what you did so that you never do that again. He said, I read the ingredients on the things that I eat. I shop different. Uh, my wife, who has not adjusted to this, feels like I'm abandoning her. And I feel like I'm an example to rescue her. What comes next? I said, I felt you should depersonalize it. Your wife, like many people in society, don't know what's real. You're getting a message that it's okay to be unhealthy, that you have no responsibility for your health, physical health, mental health then you're coming with a conflicting message that I took responsibility for myself. What did he do that disrupted his whole life? 
he managed his intake of calories and it's disrupted his whole world because he's in a world where nobody manages their eating. They're simply consuming like pigs. It's, it, it's, it's almost a biblical prophecy where when gluttony takes over the world, there's the gluttony of eating, there's the gluttony of consumerism. And the consumerism, I've realized, isn't just buying things. It's taking up air from everyone else, pushing your ideas, your agenda, with no foundation ahead of everything else. There is this idea that cooperative interaction is an imposition on the individual, right? So we're seeing the decline, the decline of general humanity, but the, the, the decline of individual uh, grandness, like you can't be great anymore uh, because the bar is so low that it's almost a, a negative equation. Yeah, and aren't there weird ideas going around now? Like if you're fit, then you're some white supremacist. Right. There's the anti-health. Um, I, I saw an article that someone in the UK was promoting the idea that, and again, when you hear these things, you realize it, it just isn't abstract dogma. It's actually gaining traction. When it used to be abstract dogma, is now becoming part of social cultural policy that they were demanding that fitness competitions include unfit people for awards. So they wanted people to be awarded for not trying alongside awarding people who had tried. And just the fact that that conversation is entertained tells you that this is not a healthy direction for our species. It is not. It is not a healthy direction for our species, okay? But for the rest of us, for all of us who share this planet together, it is so important for us to carve our own path. Instead of trying to rescue people and entertain this, try to serpentine your way around it and find our path. They say the, the straightest path is a bit crooked, right? The path least trodden is the ideal path. And so I think that it's important for us to work on our own self-realization. Where do I stand in all of this? Can you look out in the world, not with any directive of emotion? Somebody said the other day, I talked to one of the guys in the uh, in, in Digital Underground I used to work with, Money B. And they said they were doing a, he was telling me a, a really tragic story about Shock G and that they had this homeless, they have this homeless food giveaway in his name now in, in, in one of the communities. So they, they get food for the homeless and they have a big thing. They feed the homeless, right? They, they feed the indigent. And he says, I'm not really into that. I don't know if it solves anything. But just because they organize and they have Shock's name, I want to be a part of it. And he said, but the truth of it is, Shock was changing his mind about it. And he told me a story of how Shock uh, saw a homeless guy on the street, fell, so I sat down with him. The guy wanted to smoke crack with Shock. 
So Shock smoked crack with the homeless guy to bond with him. And then he went, took him to a hotel room and said to the guy, look, I'm going to give you a few clothes. You can shower up here, relax here, get your act together, and maybe have a new start on life. So Shock went on to do a show or an interview. And before he could finish, the hotel was calling and saying, you need to vacate the premises immediately. And you owe us $25,000. He said in the hours that he had left the hotel room, the homeless guy had done $25,000 in damage to the hotel room. So whatever he was going to make in that interview and that presentation, he ended up losing all of that, paying for the damage done to the hotel under the guise that he was helping a homeless person. And as Shock kind of stood back and sobered up, he realized that he could not help this person the way that he wanted to. This is getting real. This is getting real. When we think about, oh, I'm going to help somebody, I think then your mom might have said it or somebody, that you can't help anybody. What is meant by that is that when we believe that we're helping somebody, we're actually helping ourselves. If, if it feels genuinely good to you to do a particular deed or task for someone or make some sacrifice, that benefits you way more than it will ever benefit them. Have the intestinal fortitude to be honest with yourself and say, I do this because it makes me feel good. That's what all the virtue signaling is all about with Hollywood types, right? Yeah, we saw that clip the other day. You sent it to me, mm -hmm. where The Rock is out. There was some African fighter who came over here. He didn't have any money, and he won a fight. And then after that, he sold his gloves for $7,000. I think he used it to buy a house or create a school back in... Where his, from? Yeah. Yeah, and then The Rock saw this, and The Rock shows up and builds him this house. Which, great. I mean, there's a real impact to that. But there's a part of it that just sickened me because it's kind of like, it's all so performative. You know, it just all feels so sure. fake. Why do you have to capture this on camera and syndicate it on well, let's social say, media? Let's say he gives the guy 100000 200000 to build a house, wherever it was. How much would he pay an ad agency to increase his brand that much? Probably a million dollars. He got more coverage for that than he could have bought for that same price. So he benefited himself. That's great. I'm not diminishing the humanitarian aspect and, and, and immediate benefit to the guy. But let's not forget that he didn't do him any big favor in the sense that he just did it and ran away and hid in the bushes. It wasn't an anonymous gift, which would have been truly giving and again, not to take away from what he did, but it was the cheapest way to get more advertisement for himself. It was a more economical way. So let us all remember that, is that there's causality to everything. Let's get real. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you're bringing this up. I mean, there's so many ideas that are going through my mind. One is what we've talked about with this whole sustainability revolution and the electric vehicles and how we're saving the planet. And meanwhile, we're exterminating a group of people in the Congo 
in the name of sustainability. I mean, that, that makes no sense. Let's get real, right? Yeah. yeah, there's that. There's the whole diversity initiative. And I get the pushback against diversity. I understand the Supreme Court decision. So much of it is just window dressing. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's got a company, and they build out networks, uh, like computer networks for different companies. And so he said he was really bothered by diversity because you've got these minority-owned businesses who on paper are supposed to be benefiting. So there's certain contracts that only go to minority-owned businesses. But they don't have the expertise to pull this off. So what they end up doing is subcontracting out to all of the established businesses, and they'll keep like a 1% uh, margin for the transaction. Mm-hmm. So out of every $100 that you're spending on so-called diversity, 99 of it isn't going where people think it's supposed to go to. Let's get real, okay? This is a sham. When the pendulum swings, you're going to have things worse than they were. Um, I know that I can't do diversity and inclusion in my place, right? I, I don't even know what that means. Um, there's a whole term. What do they call it? There's an acronym for it. or Yeah, DEI. Yeah. And so what does that really mean? Yeah. That you're forcing people to work with people they don't like. That's what it means. Let's get real. I know when people come with a job application, and if I have to put pronoun, what is your preferred pronoun on the job application? Let's say I'm an employer. If I see on an application, I think maybe Caitlin and I were talking about it, that you have a preferred pronoun, what does that tell me as a business owner? Is that you are high maintenance, you're more than likely to sue me, you're difficult to be around, it will reduce productivity and unit cohesiveness. That's what you're telling me. Let's get real. So if you have a box and you have a preferred pronoun, it's best that I don't hire you for the sake of everyone else to keep the business running. Because we're in the business of the business we're doing, not in the business of placating and nurturing your dysfunction. Let's get real. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We've ended up in a world where it's the opposite, where nothing is real. And you've got narrative and stories that almost become real. They feel real because we repeat them enough. And maybe this has to do with social media. Maybe it's more media in general and the ability of different interests to control what the dominant narrative is. But you have people making decisions and living out their lives on things that just aren't true. I mean, you look at the whole election fraud allegations. You had this company, the Dominion Systems, the one that made the voting machines, they were demonized. They were pilloried. I mean, they were raked across the coals. And there was no basis to any of these claims. No basis. Nothing was real. And then that gets us to the point we're at with the the, uh, justice system, is they have always had corrupt politicians. Simultaneously, while Trump is getting his comeuppance, isn't Hunter Biden smoking crack in the White House? Didn't they find cocaine, his cocaine in the White House? Yeah, honestly, Z, I've lost track of what that guy has done. Yeah, and so what would be noble and real is a more dispassionate governance and and judiciary. 
Most of the people in this judiciary are so biased and corrupt and partisan that you can no longer have a scale of justice. You have a scale of fandom. You have a scale of cronyism, right? So let us get real. This has failed. You talk about the whole um, movement uh, of, of big pharma and big ag working together. Let's get real. Who thought that big pharma and big ag working together would be for the betterment of humanity? That is a bad idea. As we've said before, the FDA only approves or researches drugs that can make a profit. So for those of us who are into health and sustainable health, you will never find a vitamin, mineral, or nutrient that is approved by the FDA. Does that mean it doesn't work? It has nothing to do with whether it works or not. Did you think that the Ozempic um, excitement would lead to anywhere but tragedy? Let us kind of relook at the last Ozempic type thing. It was called Fin Fin. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I haven't heard of that in such a long time. Right, you haven't heard it. And that was, do you remember that was all that was in the news? Mm -hmm. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to change your diet. They even the ads of people eating uh, Mac Whoppers or whatever, taking Fin Fin and getting skinnier. So you could eat a Mac Whopper, eat a Fin Fin, and lose the weight of the burger plus. So if you got a Mac Whopper that was a two-pound hamburger and you ate it and you took a Fin Fin with it, you would lose four pounds. What they didn't tell you is that the drug perforated your intestines, that you, 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 lost, you became uh, incontinent, so you would be dripping waxy-like shit out of your body all day. That's how you lost weight. That's how you lost weight. So you never had to take any personal initiative nor personal responsibility for the state of your being. Yeah. See, this is all done before, so I think the Fin-Fin was the first trial run of Ozempic. Yeah, although Ozempic, I thought that originally it was approved for different use. Like, people just started using it. I thought it was a cancer medicine or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was something else. It was else. for diabetes. Yeah, but so was Fin-Fin. It was for something else, okay? And then you start having hallucinations, of course, and brain atrophy and all that. In lieu of taking personal responsibility. Yeah, dude. I mean, that just sounds too hard. Yeah. Yeah, personal responsibility sounds too hard. Yeah, it sounds and, terrible. And, and even the language is changing where we have to purse our speech when we talk about what was your role in the undermining of yourself. Yeah, it's funny as we're talking. I mean, there's so many examples that come to mind. Like another one is Bitcoin. You had all these people who were investing their life savings in cryptocurrency. And they were doing it because they could earn a 20% interest rate risk-free. But what they don't tell you is that they just steal all your shit. Right, <laughs> so all you, your you can invest it. You see, this is, this is another thing. that it, It's something about the degradation of intelligence. So here's my take as people explain, and they have new words, salad, right? Um, crowdsourcing. What's it called? 
when, when, he, when we talk about bit money. And here's the thing. We word salad things that it, it makes unreasonable sound reasonable. What's the term when, when you have, what's it called uh, when, with the Bitcoin thing, where crowdsourcing or what's the term they use when, when the, the money is all over the place and there's a threshold of people doing it? Um, you, you, you've, I've heard the term. I can't think of it right now, but it's kind of like crowdsourcing or the blockchain. Crowdfunding? Blockchain. Blockchain's like just the technology behind all of it. It's not the, the thing. You can use blockchain in uh, different... It's just that the infrastructure. Yeah, I know some people that developed the Bitcoin thing and they were scammers. And here's the thing. We come up with different words now that don't mean anything that we can then have a vague meaning. So I'm all for decentralized currency. I'm all for it. How do we know that the Bitcoin thing is not cool? The way we know it's cool is because of Russian Ukraine. It's right in front of your face. It's right in front of your face. It's right in front of your face. Let's get real. When the U.S. sanctioned all the so-called oligarchs, froze their funds and their money, froze their bitcoins, froze all ability for them to do finance and exchange, that meant the currency was not decentralized. Let us go back to 18th, 19th century speak. If the government can control your ability to engage in common commerce, the mode of exchange is not decentralized. Right, Vin, is that a nice way of putting it? In the simplest terms, whatever words you lay on it, if the government can decide you can't have access or spend your money, be it Bitcoin, be it bank deposits, be it whatever, the currency is not decentralized. Now, if you had bags of gold ingots and you could go places and trade gold without it, with it being anonymous and no government entity would be able to engage or track that, that is called decentralized. Is that a good, simple way of putting it? Yeah, yeah, they have that. The problem is then someone's computer ends up in a dump and it's got a billion and a half of Bitcoin on it. Or I heard another story about a dude who's got a flash drive that has over $100 million of Bitcoin. And... He can't remember his password. Yeah. And this thing self-destructs after 10 tries, so he's up to six. <laughs> and he's like, you have to I guess about... Down, like, mm -hmm. physically. Um, and so... But my point, even with that, is, is it truly decentralized? Is there any entity the, we, the that can prevent you from doing commerce? You want They shut the servers down, which is what the technology all runs on. So... Bezos, Amazon, AWS servers dominate the world's... So they can control your ability to do business. Right. So until they can do that, we continue to have, this is not decentralized commerce. It's, it is, but it's still, that part of it isn't. Then it is not decentralized. Until I can it is send right now money over 10 grand if i wanted to to someone in another country without, without government, government oversight without government oversight with just using uh, an app 
but that's a closed network, right? Can anybody access that, Matt? Can any hacker, can anybody who, let's say, it's has the budget that you... Okay. Monero is super encrypted. And that's why you're seeing them shift. Now, the big thing for the blockchain technology is using is NFT art, right? Where people are just creating their art and they're watermarking it. And then you can go online on an online gallery and you can buy it for as much as you want to price it out. Okay, Caitlin, I appreciate it. Do you understand how ridiculous that sounds? You talking about? People are making a lot of money doing it. Yeah, but I, I am not sure if the government itself can track you down and penalize you for these exchanges or sanction you. Yeah, I'm when it is sanction proof. I already know people who, who are doing this successfully. Um, but you, the biggest thing that you, uh, they're the U.S. is pushing this technology out, but other countries are fully embracing. Yeah, of course. And so what's going to what has to happen is that the U.S. The U.S.'s power over others is, is, is diminishing, mm -hmm. and that's good and for many reasons. Mm -hmm. But until there is truly decentralization, a lot of this stuff is a good way of losing your money. Yeah, so if you, if you buy an NFT with cash or trade your house for an NFT, there is no way to guarantee you just traded your house for nothing. Yeah. Because if, if, if some government entity or whoever gets a hold of it, or you're subject to eminent domain, there's no real correct paper trail. So that's all I'm saying. I, what, this whole idea is that we need to get real. We need to get real about what's going on and where our health. Um, we need to get real about the new levels of technology. And everybody's so excited. Every other person I talk to is talking about how great it is to use AI to write papers, to write songs. It's this wonderful AI, AI. I said, then if it's so great, why are you here? What do I need you for? If AI is so great, I love technology, as I've said before. But I also understand the limits of technology. We are on the brink of some of the most dynamic and fanciful technology that could ever be witnessed in this particular era of humanity. Yet we're also simultaneously on the brink of social collapse. This is the, if we use the West as a model and walking through the mall, that's what I'm going to call it, walk through the malls of America and look at the condition of society. If you could really be real and say, is this, is this where we want it to be? You could say no. You could say no. We have the technology to have autonomous cars, flying cars. I just heard this interesting thing that I guess Amazon truck drivers or delivery drivers are getting a pay hike to close to 140000 a year. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking about going to work for Amazon myself. But how long do you think that will go on when they've already announced that they just rolled out 100,000 autonomous trucks and they're finishing the final fitment of them? How long do you think they're going to hire a driver, a human driver? How much love do they have for a human driver? 
How much sentiment do they have for a human driver with all of our problems? On route, having to talk to people, having to take breaks. Robbie Robot doesn't have to do any of that. So maybe this is the last great moment of the human driver. What about our military that's so proud of autonomous killer robots? Coded and programmed by incels. There's already a lawsuit on facial recognition because it doesn't work on people of color. It gets 90% of Asian people wrong. Every black person is identified as whatever criminal they're looking for on the AI. Every Asian person looks like the next Asian person. So who's programming the AI facial recognition? A flawed human being. Let's get real. People are complaining about the cost of health care. Every doctor who can candidly speak will tell you that they are disgusted by their patients. Right? Let's tell the truth. Doctors are saying they are, they are, they are losing their love for humanity. Now, you're in bad shape when doctors no longer care. They can't care because we've created a social narrative and a word salad that no one has responsibility for the consequences that they've introduced into their life. Mental health issues off the chart. They've got new medications. They have new, different, milder uh, combos of medications. I saw somebody had something like Prozac, Ozempic, and um, Adderall mixed together. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, why not throw it all together? One pill. So you can lose weight, not be depressed, and be hyper-focused. All in a pill. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. There are movies about all of this. There's that Bradley Cooper movie. I forget the name of it. Oh, limitless. Yeah, yeah. Where he took some pill and he was some genius, but then it was killing him, or I forget what it was. See, none of this is new. None of this, like the Bradley Cooper movie and what they projected. There's an old book called Flowers for Algernon, oh, old yeah. book, way back in the day, and they had a movie based on Flowers for Algernon called Charlie, and they took some retarded dude and put rat DNA in him, intelligent rat DNA. And for a few months, the guy was brilliant. And then as the experiments start to fail and his immune system kicked in and kicked out the rat DNA, the bright rat DNA, he went back to a, a, a roaming imbecile with homicidal tendencies. So this really happened, right? That, what is the warning on antidepressants? You may have suicidal or homicidal thoughts and rages. Whenever they say that on medication, that doesn't mean it might happen. It will happen. Yeah, and then they just changed the dose. See? So let's get real. They give you a different... Let's get real. There is an appeal for it. Mm. Get your shit together. Take responsibility. Take the bitter medicine of everyday life. You're not so special. Right? Through a moment of lust and a whim of fate, you're here. You're not special. It has been proven through sociological studies that the high self-esteem movement destroyed much of humanity. 
You need low self-esteem to be successful. You need to acknowledge that you're a piece of shit to wash yourself up. You need to acknowledge that you haven't did your best so you can do better. You have to sit down and say, I don't have it so you can get it. Let's get real. If you want to lose weight, stop eating so much. If you want to have uh, the Ozempic effect, act like you're in the Olympics and not Ozempics. Okay? Let's get real. If you have somebody in your life that adores you and likes you, you're fortunate, you're lucky, and you're not all that. So praise them, honor them, and work on being uh, more appealing to them. Let's get real. What do you think, Vin? Yeah, there are a couple of things. I mean, one, we've talked about getting real is a successful life strategy. So to your point, if you want to lose weight, uh, you have to do things that are going to get you to lose weight, not take a pill. If you want to do better, push yourself. There's a certain value in that feeling of shame. I like how you put it earlier on before we started the podcast, that shame is getting away from the truth of yourself. So it's not saying that you should feel bad about yourself because you're comparing yourself to other people. You're comparing yourself to you. Who am I at my core? And am I representing that self properly? And am I achieving my potential? And if you are, then great. I mean, not everyone has to be an Olympic athlete. And not everyone has to be a Nobel Prize winning physicist. But you know yourself. You know your capabilities. You know what makes you feel alive. You know what you value. So get back to that truth. And that's where shame comes in, just like pain. You know, just like physical pain that kicks in and it tells us that we hurt ourselves. You injured your leg. Maybe you don't want to go straight back to the gym and start doing squats. Maybe you want to give yourself some time to heal. So shame is a similar prod. Uh, let's get back to that blueprint, that template for who we are. You should be ashamed if you're not uh, living up to your own potential. You should be ashamed. It was like walking through the mall, and you got to tell people spandex wasn't made for everybody. Daisy Dukes weren't made for everybody. Hide that. You know, it's an interesting thing, Vin, and everybody out there. Humans, we're animals. And we have primitive systems in our body that has facilitated our survival on this earth. We can override those things with our intellect. But not everything should be overridden. Hmm. If you're in a mental state, where you think that the world rises and sets on your ass. You need help. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the other thing that's happened, this entire cancel culture movement, it's about getting away from what's real. You know, you say something that offends someone else, you tweak it or you dial it back or you just keep your mouth shut. So you can't even have real conversations yeah, anymore. Weights and measures. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to my wife earlier and... Not to stroke your ego, but I'll put this out there. She said that you're one of her favorite people. And she just loves talking to you, enjoys kicking it with you. And I thought about this, and I give her my perspective on you, which is that I enjoy our interactions because you're not trying to turn the world into something it's not. Like, we don't have to pretend. We can just say what is. We can say what we feel. We don't have to dress it up. We don't have to shy away from certain topics. 
So part of what we've talked about is how do you manage yourself and get through this life and be successful by whatever standards you have. But the other part of it is, in my view, how do you just breathe? I mean, how do you feel relaxed interacting with other people? It's to drop the pretense. I mean, there's a certain weight that we carry around just maintaining this illusion or tiptoeing around certain topics that are going to offend or hurt people's feelings or trying to convince ourselves that even though reality is X, we're really in a different universe where the rules don't apply. It feels like that just takes a toll on uh, on our very existence. And, and, and yeah, Vin, I, I love what you're saying. And of course, Becky's right. I'm the greatest person in the world to hang out with. But um, getting real is about to unburdening yourself. As I think about that, unburdening yourself. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just be you and they could just be them? But something about this creeping megalomania and narcissism that is accepted in society Look at yourself in your own mediocrity and be at peace with that. Look, I hang out with you guys, and there are things that I know at this point in my life, uh, 65 years on this planet, I prepared my life or didn't prepare my life to live to 65. I prepared myself to die in my 30s as a soldier, as a noble, whatever the hell I thought I was. But I outlive myself. So I need young people around me that educate me on long-term economic strategies, on long-term living strategies, on behavioral remodeling, all those things that I have to learn. So I have to put myself in the back seat of life. And then sometimes I'll take the driver's seat. That humility comes from anti-narcissism, anti-megalomania, right? But we promote this narcissism and megalomania in our society and, and we turn the volume up on it to, to 100. It's like not everybody has everything. You can't be everything to everybody. We were talking about the, there's a Muslim girl online that talks about all the things she likes to do for her husband. And people get angry at that. So let's get real. Has the anti-man what do they call it? I, I, I listened to Ray, they, they said the patriarch, the anti-patriarch. How has it helped you and who are the people involved in the anti-male, anti-patriarchy movement? The anti-masculine movement, also often referred to as the feminist movement. Who has benefited from that? And let us look at the divorce rate, the joy rate, the depression rate. Is it better now that you hate all men? or that being a man is bad? What about femininity? If being a man is bad, is true femininity bad? Is the yin of the yang bad too? Is there toxic femininity? Yeah, Caitlin said yes. I would say yes. If there's toxic masculinity, there's toxic femininity. Right, and so who is pitting everybody, whose ideas is to pit a, incels, people that hate human beings. They have the, the, the bully pulpit, they have the mic. And we're listening to this and we don't have the discernment to say, no, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. With politics, how many people are cheering Trump but ignoring the Biden? Again, I, I don't like any of these people. But you got a choice between Satan, Theelzebub, and Lucifer. So why pick any of them? Why be a part of any of this? 
And the only way it keeps going is because you participate in it. It's like you go, everybody's going to a party that everybody hates. Hey, there's a party at Joe's house. I hate that party, but I got to be there. And the only reason the party exists is because you're showing up. If everybody would do what I call a casual boycott, these things end overnight. Budweiser lost all kind of money and keep losing money over this, um, this Govaney, Govaney thing or whatever, this, this, whatever. And I can tell you, what did you think would happen? People quietly don't go for this. Quietly. If there was a riot today, if there was a old school mob violence, all those people involved in this kind of movement would suffer greatly because nobody wants to impose private, intimate sexual behavior onto other people. The average person doesn't want this, but the average person doesn't speak loud. The average person don't, doesn't want their children exposed to this. They just don't speak loud. A lot of us don't really get into uh, Twittering and uh, Xing, TikToking. We don't get into that. I'm struggling now with our business to try to be more present online. I'm, Caitlin has smoke coming out of her ears getting me to be online because I love engaging human beings. I'm from a primitive time, campfire time, shared space time, not so much in the ether sphere time. But so that means the people who are in the ether sphere can amplify their voice a billion times over with no problem. A billion times over, they can amplify their voice. I can only amplify my voice to the, to the square root, right? To people I know until I get onto the internet um, streaming thing. So we have to remember what these people are talking about isn't the reality of our life. There is something wrong in society. The health is going down. It is not going up. Get real. The behavior of people is not getting better. It's getting worse. Get real. And once you get real, you can make course corrections first in your own life. First, in the lives of the people that you love, which is, is a Herculean task. Look at our family situations, Vin. We were talking about family situations. Just our family struggle, let alone saving the fucking world. I'm just trying to save my, the people I know, and that's hard enough. Especially if you're rowing one way and they're rowing the other, and you love them, and you have familiar biases and attachments. And you damn near want to beat them in the head. Imagine strangers. Right? You're going through it. I've been through it. It's like the zombie apocalypse movie. You ever seen the zombie? It's always that scene where some guy says, oh, that's Uncle Joe. He's so nice. Let him in. No, he's infected by the zombie plague. Oh, no, that's my wife. She's such a lovely woman. I know she has the pus coming out of her mouth and she's saying brains, brains. But if I could just talk to her, just hold her one more time, uh, she'll get better. Right? Isn't that in every zombie movie? It's a metaphor for family. If they're bit, 
you got to do what you got to do. Little Tommy has been bit by a zombie. I know you loved him. You went to baseball games with him, but he's bit by a zombie. Let's get real. We are living through the zombie apocalypse. So sometimes even family members are bit, and you can't help them. There's no antidote, right? You can't be uh, like, well, one was half zombie, half, they had the vampire movies, that half human, half vampire. It doesn't work like that. That's played, right? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Unless you're like him and you carry around vials of blood from other people that you don't like. Might be nice people, but you have a whole closet full of extra blood, right? So you won't eat your family. So you got to eat somebody else's family. This is a horrible choice, but let's get real. Let's talk to people in our circle. Everybody get physically fit because when you're physically unfit, you are more prone to mental illness. When you become obese, your brain shrinks. You start to shit into your lymphatic system after about 25% body fat. You are no longer clean. You cannot clean yourself. There's no amount of deodorant spray you can put over. You're walking bacterial petri dish. New diseases are coming. They're making stuff not just in the Wuhan lab, but right here in America. Big Pharma doesn't love you. Big Ag doesn't love you. Let's get real. Every electric car you drive kills four children in some horrible place, shithole nation, like my place. You kill four Zs every time you buy your electric car to save the planet. There's less drinking water, less fresh air, so we're going to have more heat. People burned up Hawaii because the, the people who owned those homes and the people who lived there uh, didn't want to sell. Let's get real. Nature didn't go and decide this day, this time, and all the time on Earth to burn up Hawaii. It was not done by Mother Nature. So look at, follow the money. Let's get real. If we get real and take the bitter medicine, we can now plan a better course of life. Let's get real. Women are more than their body parts. Men are more than their body parts. No pharmaceutical augmentation will change a billion years of human evolution. Let's get real. I'm not mad at anybody. Not mad at Don't dislike anybody. I like little Richard as much as everybody else. But we cannot deny the physics of our known universe. Let's get real. Vin, close us out. Any notes? No, I think you said it all, Z. That's uh, a strong statement. I would just say to get there, as we talked about, let's be humble. Uh, know that we don't know everything. We're not perfect. We have limitations. Let's get back to actually feeling our feelings. So feeling that sense of shame. Unfiltered. Yeah, which will point us in the right direction. Unfiltered. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and be clear on yourself. I mean, once you feel that shame, know what you want to be, and then do it.
That's what life is about. This is our moment. It's not a long moment. It could be an irrelevant moment. But Feeling for us, bad is good. If you're not getting off your ass, taking care of your stuff, feel bad. You should feel like shit. And then do something so you don't feel like shit. Be ashamed of yourself for eating GMO foods. You should sneak and do it like a 70s porn store. In the 70s, they used to sneak up in alleys and park down the street to go to a porno store. That's how you should feel about eating GMO foods. Be ashamed of yourself. And then pull it together. Let's get real. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and buy My Century Project. <laughs> MyCenturyProject.com, working yes. on some other stuff. People buy, buy, buy from us so uh, I can do more of this. Let's blow up Dharma Media. Uh, let's make it a thing. This will be a place to go. This will be our path through the apocalypse. This will be our sanctuary from the zombies. This will be our bubble safe haven. So support Dharma Media any way you can. Send me likes and money. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.